the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show would like to acknowledge the traditional land owners and the leaders past, present and emerging of Ngunnawal, Ngambri and Darawal countries where we are working from today. This always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. If we just put a British accent, someone just narrating how to get your medicines prescribed. Aussie? Um, oh, no, I just gave it away. Jeez, it's me. I was the guy that won the Australia League. I thought oh, about shit, it. were you? Uh, <laughs> NFL? He was just silent, no camera on. I'm just sitting there. I'm like eating my finger bun pre-draft. Fantasy. And they were having breakfast together, sitting there, having big breakfast, having a bit of bacon and egg, bit of sausage. So we, Very good. we all know what that means. So basically lock our MPJ in for a top one season this year. <laughs> Tell the tradesman, no reason to have a trade segment on the podcast. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Yeah, there we go. Oh, there there we go, mate. Yeah, that's the stuff. Oh, yeah. that looks even bigger, man. <laughs> that didn't do anything for me. <laughs> it did, oh, shit, it did for stuff for us. Yeah. It did shit for us. It's good enough. <laughs> In today's busy world, it's hard to have it all. Who has time to do all the analysis and decision-making for your fantasy team? Probably not you, but we can help. Whether it's positively diagnosing players with fantasy leprosy, or helping you find the players who are on the verge of being fantasy legendary. There's only one name in all of fantasy you can really trust. Make an appointment with Dr. Goodcall. Yeah, so... That brings us to our second segment, I guess. Everyone's favorite doctor on the block yet again. Of course, I'm talking about Dr. Goodcall. <laughs> Get to see that wonderful lab coat, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, I love, love the intro. That. It's just so calming. Like, it's just, I just feel like I'm there. I'm not there for a rectal exam. It's there for just, you know, just a quick check. Mate, we can always schedule you for that. Uh, it's just going to cost up. <laughs> Need a good colonoscopy every now and again. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I got a colonoscopy after watching that Broncos Colts game. I can tell you that. Oh, please work that in somewhere. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure that he's, already, that he's already working or making it a drop. It's already a drop. It's already a drop at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, Dr. Goodcall, we've heard that Maddie's been injured this week. Can you actually cure his injuries? Are you really that good of a doctor? Well, mate, it's, for most of the year, I definitely have been. Don't mean to toot my own horn, but that's pretty much what I'm here to do. So uh, for most of this year, I've, I've definitely been hitting more than I've been missing on the uh, Dr. Goodcall segment this year. We had a bit of a blip on the radar uh, last week. I'm, I'll put it that way. But Matty did me a favor last week, right? He uh, absolutely fucked up two of the things when he posted on the uh, social media page. He actually gave me two different players than I actually said on the podcast. So when I do my results, I'm going to base it off that because those results were far better than what I actually brought up. So <laughs> thank you, Matty C. You really uh, did me a solid. But uh, I'll, I'll mention the guys that I actually said as well just because I'll, I'll have to wear my uh, bat, my losses with my wins as well, mate. So yeah. I brought up uh, Ryan Tannethrill last week. I actually thought it was a decent opportunity for him up against that Washington uh, Commanders buddy. Uh, do you even call it a secondary? I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> the, uh, buddy tertiary? I don't know. They're absolutely garbage. Like they, and they're so much better at defending the run than they are the pass. So I thought there was an opportunity for Tannehill uh, there. He'd actually maybe throw to Henry a bit more than just pass off. But 
Uh, in the end, he had he had just under fifteen points, so he wasn't you know he didn't destroy your your week, but in the end, he, he didn't really do anything you know special. He got the win, and that's all you know we cared about as a Titans fan. But in terms of fantasy, he wasn't fantastic. He basically did what Tannehill normally does, so it wasn't an upgrade in terms of the matchup. So I wouldn't really call that a win there. Uh, <laughs> at, at running back, well, I said Damian Harris uh, because I just thought him being the lead back up against that Lions bloody running D. Again, if you can call it a defense, I really don't think you can. Uh, but he gave me Ramon J. Stevenson, who I actually brought up at the start of the week. So I'm going to take it. And uh, Ramon J. Stevenson came out and uh, banged out 21.5 fantasy points. So thanks, Matty C. That was wonderful. <laughs> Sorry, I just got AIDS then. Uh, all right, the next one I can't stay away from because I uh, actually put the right one up. I felt gross, and this was a really, really weird game. I took Corey Davis uh, up against the Dolphins because they were 28th against wide receivers. And they just went in, I don't know, put up 40 fucking points. And then none of it went to basically anyone. It didn't make any sense. It was basically Michael Carter and... Uh, and uh, Brees Hall that, that did most of the damage. And honestly, any of the wide receivers that caught touchdowns didn't really have enormous games either. It was a really weird day for the Jets receiving call. And if you'd told me they scored 40 points before I did this pick, I would have been all over Corey Davis. But in the end, he, he only had 5.8 points. So it definitely wasn't a win for Dr. Good call there. And honestly, if I'd taken any of the other wide receivers, I barely would have won either. Now, outside yeah. of... Um... Outside of Brees Hall, no, there was one seventy-odd yard reception, and that was most of Zach Wilson's passing yards. Yeah, like they really didn't That's pass insane. well. Was it was Brees Hall like two for a hundred or something like yeah. that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It wasn't. He he got the most by far, and it was one reception that boosted that up. So yeah. it was a weird game. That's what I mean, though. They scored forty points, and like none of the wide receivers had really a great day at all. I think Braxton Berrios came in for a touchdown, and but even his. That line was not great. Like, it was really, really weird. Like you, you couldn't find anyone that was actually decent. Like you know, Wilson didn't have a good day. Yeah, it was a, it was a really weird day for the Jets because you would think from scoring forty points they would have actually had a great day. Yeah, it's all but, defense, wasn't it? Well, this, this is even weirder, right? So again, Matty C gave me Injoku for tight ends. <laughs> <That's actually laughs> I picked. I went double down on the Jets, who scored forty points. Tyler Conklin goosed, goosed people. He scored nothing. He had one target for nothing. And they scored 40 <laughs> bloody points. He Conklin. scored as many points as you and I, T. <laughs> Mate, oh, I reckon I scored more than that. Um, uh, he scored more than Braxton Berrios in half PPR. He had minus one yards on his one catch. So, uh, But he did have one rush for 15 yards. Okay, so I did the math wrong there. But you get my point. He did better than some people in the receiving game. So, so calm down to Tyler Conklin hate here. Bloody hell. Anyway, but uh, he gave me Njoku, so let's roll with that, people. Uh, Njoku had 14.8 points and was in my starts of the week team, which we'll get to later. But uh, I'll, I'll take it. Njoku's definitely looked wonderful in the last few weeks in this uh, Cleveland attack. I brought up actually preseason that uh, Brissett really favours the tight end position. He did it in a lot of his other stints. So uh, I, I thought Njoku might have been a breakout this year and it took a few weeks, but it looks like it might be happening. So we'll see if that uh, continues to happen. But 
Yeah, it wasn't wasn't one of Doctor Goodcall's better weeks, but you know, I'll I'll take uh, Maddie C's poke ups. Yeah, Maddie C might have to be sued for medical malpractice at this point. Just well, this is why doctors have um, insurance. So you're okay, T. Yeah, it's so I'll funny. I'm one. talking about Doctor Goodcall because I've all of a sudden just started coughing. So it's <laughs> uh, I definitely need to cure myself. Man, I've got COVID and AIDS in the same episode. You caught yeah. it from those pigeons. Yeah, I caught it from the big banana. I'll let you use your own mind, minds for what that means. Anyway. Better than what you so, caught from the big prawn. It's a, it's a funny segue because I'm now talking about the fantasy AIDS player I brought up for us. <laughs> I've actually had a really, really good year picking this. I was actually working this out the other day. The only time I've lost all season was because I decided to pick two in one week. And that also happened to be the only wide receiver I've picked all year. I've been picking basically running backs every single week. And I've actually picked it right in terms of them having a far worse week than their basically the stats of the rest of the season has been. So I've definitely considered that uh, a lot of wins. I'm basically five out of six so far. So uh, last week I took Najee Harris up against that Bills defense and, um, he ended up with 6.6 points in PPR, which, you know, was basically horrendous. So I definitely considered that a win. I know Najee was sort of struggling already, but I just thought it was going to be even worse last week. Like, I was basically thinking that it's at the point now that you could actually find another option and, and bench Najee for that game specifically. Uh, I think in general, you're probably better off playing in the not, but I think he was literally benchable in that game against the Bills and it, and it showed because they were just down so quickly. Uh, and then he he really isn't profiling as anywhere near a good a pass catcher this year that he was last year because Big Ben just had to throw to him. He had no other option. Whereas now the mix between you know Trubisky and Pickett, I just think that they're able to like extend plays a bit more instead of just dumping off. And the fact is the O line still sucks pure ass, so he's not going to get very good yards per carry either. So I just think it's really really tough times for Najee right now. Yeah. Mark, do you have the same seeming hate of the Steelers offense as Taylor does? <laughs> and even I do, to be fair. Yeah, I just I just don't Najee's the obvious the the the, the best play like the most talented player on that offense. Yeah. But it's like which pass catcher do you want? Like Chase Claypool is a good receiver. So is Deontay Johnson. Which one's gonna have a good week? For me, it's kind of it, it reminds me of when Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon were on the same team, were on the red, then Redskins. It's like one of them is going to have a good week. Just pick one. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a massive Steelers guy. Plus, yeah. I hate Brian Flores. I, no reason why I hate him whatsoever, but I just hate nah, him. of course not. Yeah, and they never look at uh, George Pickens at all. Like, he's no. literally wide open. He pushes over receivers literally bullies them and then gets open and they never look at him. He's never thrown the ball, which it's just, yeah, it's definitely between Claypool and Deontay Johnson at that point. It's just, it annoys me. And Kenny Pickett somehow, some way he got all of these empty passing yards. I think he's, he finished up as the second or third leading pass in passing yards this week, which shows you just how bad this sort of stat is. It was actually Wentz that finished second and Pickett finished fourth. So literally that shows you how overrated passing yards can be as a as a stat, by the way. Just once so what you're saying is Kenny Pickett is basically Blake Bortles. 
<laughs> yeah. At this point, he had what three hundred twenty-seven yards and an interception, and a seventy-four point eight passer rating. It's literally just empty yards. He had fifty-two attempts, so it's literally what six yards an attempt using my quick math skills. It was just, yeah, I don't even know. You know, it's just it's not even that good of a game. It's just like six point what eight yards per attempt. That's not even that good of numbers. So, but it's just a rookie. So I'm not gonna. Pile on him too much, so yeah, I'll, I'll pile on him. Can he, sh- can he shake it? That's what I'm gonna call it. <laughs> nah, no, I'm it's it. It. yeah, we'll, we'll workshop something, we'll work it out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> again, uh, I just, yeah, I've, I've had my say on Pittsburgh from the preseason, the you know, the training camp, week one, two, three, pick any single week. I've been hating on this Pittsburgh offense, and I have not been proven wrong once. So it was a bit I, – I just thought the Najee opportunity was was to point out that there are legitimate weeks that you can sit him, and I thought that was the week. So to me, that's yeah. what the whole point of this segment is, is that I'm trying to find guys who people would probably normally be starting uh, that I think are legitimate sit options in, in the week that I believe they're going to have eight. So it, it's worked yeah. so far. Yeah, and that's true. Just a quick takeout on what you said about um, when you're saying you t- typically go for running backs over wide receivers for yep. your fantasy aids. Like that's this, I've got exactly the same analysis I did. Um, I think on my second episode, our first episode, a couple of weeks ago. Um, in terms of the tier breakdown, every, most wide receivers have actually gone up in tier. None of the top, I reckon, thirty quarter uh, running backs. Um, have even maintained their value. Most of them have actually dropped. Yep. Yeah, 100%. So it's a really weird year for, for stats because typically running backs, you lean on them and they carry you, but you just there's just nothing there this year, it feels like. And whether or not it's like we've had a lot of blowout score lines, whether that's something, I, I don't know, but it's just a weird year. It's, yeah. I, I find it easier to look into the stats and break down matchups for running backs than I do wide receiver. Because to me, wide receiver, like you can look at a, a certain guy who's up against a team that's 29th against receiver or whatever, but all of it can go to shit on, on game scripts. Like it's, it's really weird. It's sort of all over the place. Like one team's really good one week defending the wide receiver, then they, sh- they shit the week after and vice versa. It's I find that the run the teams that are very good against running backs seem to very much be good against running back almost every week. And I just think it's a lot easier to sort of break down the matchups of, of people up against these guys. Cause then you can also break down what you think the game's plan's gonna be. And then like like last week to me, it seemed like it was a slam dunk with Najee having a bad game because not only were they up against a very good run defense? They were also up against a team that they were pretty much guaranteed to be behind against. So I found it actually quite simple to sort of put all that together and go, Najee's going to have a, a struggle of a game. And you seem to be able to find those sort of loopholes and things like that with running backs more than you do wide receiver. Because even in wide receiver, you, you'll be like, oh, this guy's got a shit quarterback and they, they're up against the team that they're going to struggle against. But then all of a sudden you get all this garbage time that, helps them get 10 points in the last quarter. And then all of a sudden you picked a wide receiver who was shit in the first three quarters and then dominated the end of the game. A la Terry McLaurin when I fucking picked him in like week three against Philly. And he was on like zero, like halfway through the third quarter and he got all this garbage time. And then all of a sudden it looks like it's a shit call. Well, that's what I mean. I just find that running backs don't seem to 
like eke their way into points as well as wide receivers at the end of games and make calls look shit. So I don't know. I, I just think I feel like there's better stats to be had by picking a running back that's going to struggle than wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, long term value, Mark, when you're looking at running backs, how does that affect the, the sort of dynasty value in running backs now? They typically don't. Like, it's always you brought wide receivers. There was the old three year rule where they don't break out to their third season, um, which kind of in recent years since, I guess, Odell, um, that's kind of been shelved because there's been some amazing wide receivers in the last couple of years. Um, tight ends, same thing to a, a lesser extent. That, I mean, you really top tier ones like your Kyle Pitts, your Frymuth, he's come through fairly well. Um, OJ Howard was really good at the start, but then he's kind of just done nothing. Um, and then sort of quarterbacks as well. You've had, you get a couple of good runs and then you get a year where they're a bit iffy. Um, you know, the wrong quarterback in, um, what was it? The the year Lamar was drafted. 2018. Yeah. yeah. So it, like that year was all messed up. Five like that draft looks so different. Um, so yeah, like it, typically your running backs just like your Zeke, for example, people were selling the world for Zeke. You got two, maybe three years out of him. Now he's nothing like he's, he's, you'd still start him, but he would be flex. I reckon at most, maybe RB2. If you're, if you're fairly weak at running back. Yeah. I and mean, I've no, benched him. Uh, like you, you basically can't trade him for anything that you'd want back. No, no, you just you get yeah, not not for what you invested. Yeah, it's it's terrible what's happened to Zeke at this point in his career. He's just he's pretty much washed at this point. Sad to say. Nice story though on Saquon. Like he fell away to the point where yeah, again you couldn't sell him, but he started he's starting to come back in value. So you know now you can sort of st- if you aren't confident you can maintain that, you can recoup some stuff. Probably not everything, but some. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Maddie C. James Connors behind the dowel. Don't look behind the dowel. <laughs> <laughs> and I look like I'm wearing my dad's shirt. Totally like McCaffrey. It always looks like he's wearing his dad's gear. Fantastic. I'm glad that you've still got the, uh, you know, that luxury of being allowed to lick rhinos still in the back pocket. Aussie? And yeah. then T. Oh, like, these are just three guys, man, Jod. If you left him in a room alone with, he would totally just lick them all. NFL? The gap yeah. between Connor and Montgomery is closing, by the way. I'm really happy about this. Fantasy. Oh, give me a scoop of the heebies to go with my jeebies on that one. Mate, I'm all kinds of happy about that. You're like, oh, fucking predictable, Maddie. Yep. Always doing Standard. the same fucking things. I'm so disappointed. I really wanted to smack that ass, son. I'm going to go with old, um, with old Goggles McGee. All right, I might just I'll move on to my uh, Doctor Good Call Week Six takes. So yeah, let's go. Up, cut through them pretty quickly. So quarterback, we've talked about him already. It's my boy Gino up against Arizona. Ooh. That Arizona fucking secondary sucks balls. Twenty <laughs> uh, fifth against quarterback, and I've, I've mentioned this earlier in the year. They're twenty seventh ranked uh, in the PFF secondary ranking. So I just I really like Gino. I'm I'm sort of in on this Seahawks team because. They've sort of blown it out of the water in terms of what everyone expected. And Gino just looks great at the moment. And he's actually throwing for a lot of yards and people didn't expect it. So I, I'm picking him as my good call this week. I think he's quarterback five on the season at the moment. I don't think anyone would be starting him like he's quarterback five. But 
I, I think that continues this week against Arizona. <coughs> yeah, I'm liking that call. I we actually picked him up on the Western Wankers this week. I did say that. Well done. Yeah, we got we got three quarterbacks who are rolling with the golf on the bye. That coming off his bum injury, and of course Gino on his hot streak. We've already got maybe a few teams wanting to trade with us. I'm not gonna not gonna spoil that one there, but look, Gino, we absolutely love him. When we saw him was on the waiver wires, we had to go all in and just pick him up. So. Look, Especially because um, the guy you're playing needs a quarterback too, so you wanted to get him ahead of Seahorse. Yeah, Seahorse, friend of the podcast, used to be a former host of this podcast too. So 100%. Yeah, Seahorse, man, he's he's got by McGadden. So if you guys got a ton of buys this week, especially if you're playing a guy like Goff, you've got to get Gino, surely, if he's not already taken. You've yep. got to pick him up because somehow he was still there in our 16-team league which just makes no sense to me. And now we've got, what, three quarterbacks on our team, including Gino. So I love that on a four-man bench, you have two quarterbacks. On yeah, it's bench. brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, don't worry. We're dropping one at least soon. Or I, I remember when I had two, fucking Mark was all over me just about bench. Like, you know, having flexibility on your bench. You guys have got fucking two on your bench. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just had Carr and, Carr and Stafford in what team it was. <laughs> Yeah, fuck. we had we have we have what Gino starting this week and then Dak potentially coming back this week. So then Goff is on the outs. So yeah, Goff is on the bye week. So he might be on the outs after that last game. When are you going to give up on Dak? Yeah, when oh, are we? We're trying. We're trying. We're trying I to ask give a up. question to them. Uh, obviously, it probably was a bit easier after watching Goff last week, but. I was like, well, if Dak comes back next week, like, would you actually start him over Goff? Like, you're in you're in a position <laughs> where Goff's almost better, like, has more value than Dak at the moment, anyway. Yeah, Man, I don't got... know that Dak's going to start. Like, how yeah, do Cooper Rush? And of course, Goff isn't starting this week, so we had to pick someone up. Oh, absolutely. No, no, yeah. no doubt about so, that. Gino is our boy. We believe in you, Doctor. Good call. So, yeah, Gino, we're riding with you this week. Might be discarded next week, but who knows? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. For running back, I'm going to bring up someone who, might, like, the name will seem a little bit more obvious, but I think people still have been a bit unsure about him, even after watching his uh, person in front of him on the dev chart go down. Poor man, Jot. I'm going to bring up Melvin Gordon. Uh, he's, he's up against the Chargers, who are last against running back. And again, like most people would have just assumed that, all right, he's the he's the next one up. But that there wasn't a guarantee that his role was actually going to expand. Like there was thoughts that Mike Boone was just going to sort of take, uh, you know, basically the Melvin Gordon role, and then Melvin Gordon would go into a bit of a Javante maybe role. Who no one actually really knew. And then all of a sudden, Latavius Murray buddy turned up. So you weren't exactly sure how that was going to how that split was going to go. And we didn't actually get to see Murray because he hadn't been there long enough, so he was inactive. He he's going to be there now, so we're probably going to get a better look. But I just think I saw enough out of Melvin Gordon to think that I reckon Latavius and Boone are probably going to split the rest of it, and it's still going to mostly be Gordon. And I did like what he was doing in the passing game last week, especially in that absolute asshole of a game. So I I, I see him having a very very good game this week. Uh, up against that Chargers team who were just leaking points to running back. So I thought I would bring him up because I think some people are a little bit 
unsure about how it looks moving forward and running back. And I, I think he's definitely taking that role for Denver moving forward. Yeah, I can see that too. I don't know to what effect because I'm a bit of a Melvin Gordon hater on yeah, this podcast because <laughs> I'm a Javante fan. I've got to hate Melvin Gordon at this point. Now, Marky Mark, do you think Melvin Gordon will have a revenge game on Monday Night Football against his <laughs> former team, the Chargers? Didn't even bring up the revenge factor. Well done, Major. My friend, I I, uh, I know you're feeling too well. Uh, last year, I had Javante, and every week, I just oh. sat there and cried into my beard that it's like, just get Melvin Gordon off the fucking field. Yeah. Um, oh. um, I have to start Latavius Murray this week. I feel sick. I don't want to do it, but there is no other option. So um, naturally, yes, Melvin Gordon is going to have a cracking game and Latavius is not going to see the field at all. Has anyone ever played Latavius Murray on purpose? I feel like it's always a forced, a forced act. Like it didn't matter what team he's on. You know, if he was sitting there on the Ravens or, you know, he's at the, he's at the Saints. Like, it was always like, oh, fuck, I've got to play someone. So Latavius is just there. Yeah, wasn't he, like, the Vikings? Even, like, the, the Raiders. I don't even know. Back then, yeah. he was hey. on the Raiders. Wasn't even that. Even that Mr. and Mrs. Murray are sitting there with their fantasy lineup going, we just can't put Latavius in. Uh, no, God, no. <laughs> Our son sucks. Yeah, I mean... Look, his his best year was twenty fifteen with the Raiders, a hundred no, sorry, a thousand and sixty six rushing yards. That was his best rushing output. He had twelve touchdowns in twenty sixteen though. So look, he can do it in a variety of ways, but that was years ago and now he's just bouncing from team to team. Just a sad way to see Latavius sort of end his career. Was that the same year Cooper was drafted? Oh yeah, Cooper wait. Yeah, Amari, wasn't it? 2014, yeah. yeah. That's when he was. I think that's when he joined the team, 2013, 2014, yeah. round down. I call him laundry detergent because he is washed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well look, at sound, look at these sound bites. How good are they? Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. Yeah, we need some sound bites after Maddie went down this week. So, you know, we always think about you, Maddie, but we need Taylor's sound bites more than ever. To really carry this show, really carry going. carry this brilliant show. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll move to my wide receiver. Oh, this is yeah. actually one that just sort of fell into my lap. I wasn't specifically doing any any good call analysis uh, today, but uh, I was looking at. Him, I was actually just looking at just wide receiver stats yesterday, and there was one guy I kind of wanted to get a look at when he when he'd come back, and uh, I noticed he had a bit of an off week last week in his first week back, and then he just popped up. Uh, with some stats being the leading, uh, I don't know if he was the leading target getter, but he had eight targets for seven receptions, and it's Rondell Moore. Uh, I wanted to get a look at him, especially before Hopkins comes back. So, um, like I said, eight targets, seven catches, and he gets the Seattle um, great matchup. They're actually fourth against wide receiver, uh, but overall their defense is terrible. All the touchdowns just seem to be on the ground uh, whenever a team plays Seattle. Uh, so yeah. this is a last, like I said, a last opportunity to get extra target share before Hopkins comes back. So this is one of those ones that I like to do sometimes in Astro where you pick up a guy who I think is going to have a very good week, but there's probably some reasons as to why it's not going to be sustained. This is the kind of guy I would like to pick up, watch, have a very good game and trade. So yeah. the, 
that's sort of the thing I would like to do. So, you know, obviously that would be a bit easier in Astro because, you know, anyone that sort of has a pulse and scores 10 points here and there is, is worth it in Astro because it's so hard to find guys off the waiver wire. But even in any league, I would get him because there is a lot of sort of thought process about why Rondale might be good in this team. And then you even saw Greg Dorch, the Maddie's boy, but he had to have a good role <laughs> in this uh, in this team. And honestly, I think that pretty much was the Rondale more role. Uh, and he just wasn't there, obviously, at the start of the year. So now that he's back, Dorch definitely doesn't seem to be a factor anymore. And I just think Rondale Moore is going to be very, very much a part of this offense. And especially Hopkins isn't back yet. So I think this is a really good opportunity. I think Seattle, them being fourth against wide receiver in fantasy is a complete anomaly. I think they're horrendous everywhere. They just aren't getting torched yet uh, by wide receivers because every running back is just destroying them every week at the moment. So I think this is a really good opportunity to get in front of what I think is a, is a better matchup than it looks like. Yeah, paper. I mean, they've got a good rookie cornerback in Tariq Woolen, but apart from that, their secondary is pretty ass, to be honest. He's the only dude they have. Jamal Adams went down. Quandre Diggs is all right. But yeah, I mean, their secondary is all right. They've got a couple good pieces, but I just think, yeah, they've just kept these guys in games for long enough. I mean, even Jared Goff got, what, 400 passing yards on them without Eamon Ra a couple yeah. weeks ago. <laughs> it's literally exactly. not even a team that I, I would say has a good passing sort of, I guess, passing defense. That's just one. I think it'll be another fun game. I think Seattle's probably just the team you want to watch because they just don't play defense and their opponents don't play defense too. Because... That's why Geno is such a good quarterback in fantasy because his defense <laughs> sucks dick. They, they, yeah, they and he's funny. And then all of a sudden, he's got to come out and throw because he's got to get the touchdown back that his crappy defense gave up. So that, that's what that's what you want. That's what Buddy Josh Allen needs of the Bills to be an even better <laughs> fantasy upset. You need a bad defense; it, it really helps. So yeah, I, I just I like you look at that Lions game, right? All the points went to Buddy tight end and Hockerson, and like a couple of touchdowns and Jamal Williams from the. From the Lions, that's why it looks like that they're better defending the wide receivers than they actually are. But um, that they aren't. They're just lucky that the touchdowns haven't been going to the wide receiver position yet. So I'm hoping with my Rondale Moore pick that that might change this week. Yeah, Mark, you got any thoughts to throw out there about Seattle or the Cardinals? It'd just be interesting to know with Seattle what the red zone conversion is. Um, so they're obviously getting yards. So they they're moving the ball through the field. Okay. Playing Ben don't break, I'm guessing. Um, I don't know how much they go into, whether it's cover two, shell, or whether or not they are playing single high. I, I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't really dove on them yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, they're just letting the ball into the red zone and they're just not giving up the touchdown in that area. They're just letting the, uh, whether or not the run defense is just getting gashed or, or whatever. But, they're getting destroyed. They're so bad. Yeah. Their so, opponents are scoring 60% in the red zone against them. So, touchdown percentage-wise. So, that's not not that great. So, yeah. so I'm yeah. guessing they're... All rushing days. All they're, rushing they're, you know, they're, There's no blown coverage, which, I mean, I suppose you, you that's one thing. Um, but it means it's just still going to give up points. Yeah, I'll put out a full split here. So, yeah, 60% across the whole season. In the last three weeks alone, 90.91% and 100% last week. 
touchdowns on red zone possessions for their opponents. Yeah. So they're 22nd in the league overall this whole season. But it's just been terrible for the last couple of weeks. And yeah, they've been the worst red zone defense the last three weeks, apart from Minnesota, it looks like. so. And you've yeah. got to factor in, they've played Denver, who are the worst red zone team <laughs> by a mile. And yeah. I think that too... They had two fumbles from their running backs in the red zone against them. So you're yeah. factoring in that I think Denver were like 0% against them in week one. That's That factors into their 60% for the season. They're probably like 80% against everyone else but Denver. Yeah. And on that note, can you please prescribe a rushing touchdown for the Wankers this week? Because yeah, we no. drafted... I, I sent the stat in today and... Javante Williams was second and ETN was first in rushing yards without a touchdown the whole season. And we drafted them both. And yep. it's like, can you just prescribe us a rushing touchdown? Please, Dr. Lucal. I'm on my hands and knees begging him, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a tough year. I think you you guys and Marky Mark are one and four, aren't you? Yeah. What a four-game losing streak. I beat uh, Joel and then nothing. Unbelievable. Yeah, we lost to Joel last week, I'm pretty sure. So we've been we've been terrible. We've been terrible. All you guys round. copped you guys copped the one good Russ game from Joel, I think you guys a couple of weeks ago <laughs> against the Raiders. Yeah. Oh well. All right, I'll move on. I'll move on to some guys' things. We don't want to talk about one and four starts. Uh, all right. Is uh, it nice to it. talk about tight end though? Well, for this guy it is because you've already brought him up and he's not really a tight end, it's Taysom Hill. Uh, I've got. I've, I always have a bracket here for matchup, but all I've written here is stupid doing stats against tight end because he doesn't. He does literally everything else except catch passes. <laughs> He's just up against the Bengals. I'm not going to stat anything to do with his position because it doesn't make any sense. Mm, I'm actually going to kind of disagree because remember, yes. we, we. This is the first time I actually disagree with Doctor Google. <laughs> I yeah. like it. But week one, he was just on fire. Absolutely incredible. I started with starts of the week in week two against the Bucks. So bad. And what does he do? Absolutely buckle. He does nothing. And, <laughs> and, this is, and this is my point, right? So I I completely understand there is a massive chance he comes out and lays an absolute piece of shit next week. But yeah. that is the tight end position. Like if I if we had a bunch of like guys out there you know, ranked between 10th and 15th for something in tight end and they're out there getting eight and nine points, I'd be like, I'm not taking a shot on Taysom Hill. It's because I can go out there and get eight or nine points and I'll be fine. But you can't, like, you're a massive chance of getting goosed by basically anyone in the tight end position at the moment. So I'm like, why wouldn't I take the guy that's got a ceiling of 36 points? Because I may as well, if I'm going to get a shit score, I might as well get it from a guy with a chance of getting a massive game out of. So that's why I feel I may as well pick him up. And there's actually a couple of leagues where I'm really, really streaming tight end at the moment. And I'm like, I may as well just get Taysom Hill. What can I lose? I, I, I got 0.7 points or something out of Gerald Everett last week, like in these yeah. leagues. And I think it was another one where I had Tonyan. I think he got about three points. Like, what what am I what am I losing by going Taysom Hill? Because even though if he gets a, like you know and he scores two points in the next three weeks, there's a decent chance the bloody crappy tight end that has a ceiling of about seven points scores the same anyway. So I just feel like the fact that that that's the ceiling of Taysom Hill, I just think straight away makes it worth it in tight end. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, 
I, I'd rather go for that ceiling than yeah that it's it's a very low floor and a very high ceiling oh. for Taysom Hill, which is which, which compared to the other tight ends, which is low floor, low ceiling. <laughs> yeah, unless you're Kelsey, because Kelsey has what yeah, seven exactly. catches, twenty five yards, and he goes out and scores four touchdowns. Seriously, like it's not. I, even did, I did laugh when Matty's like, "Fuck, he sucked ass in my in my yards only league." <laughs> Who plays yards only? God damn! I don't know, but it was it made it was funny though because I always think that even though it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what what a league! Yeah, yards only. I mean, that's just terrible. Yeah, Mark, you got any thoughts on this Taysom Hill pick? Uh, I mean, the guy has a literal package named after him. I mean, yeah, that, exactly. That alone. <laughs> yeah, <guess> awesome. <laughs> Look, if they have any chance of being the Bengals this week, Taysom Hill has got has he's got to go involved, right? Oh, like I love the rifle. Like he's just he's just fun. But um, yeah, no, it's got to be he's got to be involved. Um, and I think you're right, Taylor. Like it's the risk is almost worth the reward because unless you invested highly in one of the I guess the top five guys, um, there's no. Uh, and you said you, you started Gerald Everett last week. He's actually been pretty good. I mean, last week he was he was bad, but on average he, he was averaging double digit points at one. Uh, I mean, I guess oh, up until last week, Everett probably wasn't even the right example. Like he he actually is one that you probably would normally start. It was just the fact that in that one specific league he did happen to have an absolute piece of shit game last week. But yeah. it was more just sort of talking yeah. about the flaws of all these guys. Like all nearly every guy that is in Kelsey Andrews, like basically have these ridiculously low flaws anyway, which just makes me yeah. think. Well, I might as well just go for ceiling because there's a chance that my other guy that I starts is going to have an absolute stinker anyway. Well, absolutely, and that I think that highlights the point exactly. Like it doesn't matter how high they perform, they've got the the floor is very very real. Like you have to, um, like that has to be in consideration. So Taysom Hill's absolutely worth a gamble. Um, yeah, where he's available if he is still yeah. available. I wouldn't. Yeah, I'll I wouldn't be starting one. him at quarterback. I wouldn't be starting him at running back or wide receiver uh, purely because that. That position is just licks balls. Yeah, you know, I'd love once. I'd love to, and I, I can't remember which quarterback. It might have been Aaron Rodgers. Threw a pass. It got batted down. He caught it and then ran it just so he can have passing, like, sorry, receiving stats. Exactly. <laughs> well, Marcus Mariota in the uh, yeah. freaking playoffs. Yeah. Maybe it was Brad Johnson. It. Oh, yeah. Brad Johnson against when he was on the Vikings. He he did that as the first guy to like score a touchdown on his own freaking pass, like catching his own pass. Of course, Brett Favre, his first pass was to himself. There, there you go. There's a few of those that I can ring out there. So yeah, so it can people. be done. Just do it, yeah. Jason. Do it for the people. Yeah, do it for the people. Do it. Double the points. Now, look, our favorite part of Dr. Goodcall, we can all agree. <sighs> Who gives a shit about all the players Dr. Goodcall is prescribing as being good? We all we only care about AIDS, don't we? We Mark? all spread. We love spreading AIDS. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. our favorite part of the show. <laughs> yeah. That's the show. All right. Here we go. Well, I've foreskin the hell out of the fact that it's a running back, obviously, that <laughs> I've just brought up. So, I've got some stats behind this one. I was able to sort of take a, a bit more of a deep dive. And this week, it's Miles Sanders. So he's he's running back 13 on the season. So anyone who has him would be feeling like he's a value on where he, where they drafted him. 
and therefore would probably be plugging him into lineups without really thinking about it. Now, I want to point out that his performances have been completely matchup dependent this season. Almost all of Sanders' production has come in two games this season, and those two games were against the 29th best run D and the 25th best run D in fantasy in the Lions and Jaguars. 67% of his points this season have come in those two games. His average against the other three teams is eight fantasy points per game, and none of those three teams are even in the top 10 against the position. He now gets the Dallas defense, which is number five at defending the run. Expect a low yards per carry this week for Sanders, and without any receiving work, this will result in a low-scoring game for a rushing-dependent player. Yeah, I'll give this one a big tick here because I I tried to avoid drafting him, to be honest. <laughs> I was, he was just the most draft-avoidant player I could think of because... I just, I just don't know about him. He's just not, he's not even that great, to be honest, uh, in general. And I, I wasn't really rating him coming into the season. So, so yeah, I didn't have him in a dynasty, but I, uh, I actually inherited that team. So technically, not my fault there. So, and this is what I kind of want to say about the whole fantasy aids thing, right? And it's not a full season projection, and it's not a what he's done so far. Like, I'm actually saying if you have Sanders, you're probably in front. Like, you actually got a good draft day value. So I'm not sitting here trying to have a go at Sanders for what he's done this year. I'm actually trying to say that that might be to the, the person who owns his detriment if they just keep playing him because they might not do a deep dive like I've just done now and realize that nearly all his stats that have made him running back 13 on the season have all come in two games. And it's all been fantastic matchups. So... I think you actually, if you have Sanders, it actually might be an awesome opportunity to keep him and use him as a, just a complete matchup play. Like he might actually be someone that you go, oh, I'm only going to play him when he's against bottom 10 running defenses in fantasy because he seems to actually have an opportunity to make it work because obviously the Eagles play against bad run days and they beat them pretty handily and they just hand the ball off to Sanders in the entire second half and he racks up stats. So, there's, there's actually an opportunity moving forward for the whole season. I think if you own Sanders, I'm just saying for this specific week, I don't think it's going to be very fruitful against Dallas. Yeah, Mark, you got anything to add here on Miles Sanders? Uh, Mike, Mike is going to make him his bitch this week. Like, he hasn't <laughs> played against anyone that good. Like, Michael Parsons is a... I mean, he got a pastry. Like, MVP. He, you gave him pastry, didn't you? Yeah, MVP. I'm calling him defensive pace performer at this point. I mean, Nick Bosa, his groin just got tightened, so fuck, he's got, he's, he's my my Nick Bosa agenda from last week didn't exactly carry over this week because of that injury, <laughs> so ah, uh, screw screw the injury bug, but anyway I think Micah definitely deserves to be defensive pace performer <laughs> as much as I want to clamor for Nick Bosa, I think Micah's just he's a, he's a beast, this guy Absolutely incredible. And I think, yeah, he definitely will make Miles Sanders the bitch this week. But, Tay, just to your point um, about doing a deep dive, when you have a look at his upcoming – so he's got Dallas this week, then bye week, then for the next one, two, three, four, four, five weeks, he's up against top um, – sorry, bottom half of the league running defense. So he's actually going to have a really good stretch before he hits some pretty tough games. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that that's why it's a decent opportunity to actually hold him, I think. Like, I'm not yeah. describing that anyone should really get rid of him. I think you actually could just hold him because he's been a good draft day value, but recognize that just because he's running back 13 on the entire season, don't just plug and play him against everyone. Like, actually look for other options in your team. Obviously, it's team dependent. If you've got absolutely no other running back too, you're probably just stuck with him. You're probably going to have to have to roll the dice on that a bit. But uh, I'm, I'm just saying if you've got another decent option, don't just look at his tag of running back 13 on the year and just go, I have to play this guy because technically he's almost a running back one. So I just think he's very matchup dependent. So don't play Latavius Murray over him. Uh, <laughs> like you said, I don't think his parents would play Latavius Murray. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had Miles Sanders in this situation. <laughs> how about um? How about I throw up something that we did last season? Well, Maddie and Taylor did last season before I joined the podcast. But every four or five weeks, you guys used to do buy low, sell high. Yep. How about we give some to Mark? Like, who would you say would be some buy lows and sell highs at this point of the season? Oh, we'll say it's true. It is very on the spot. I will yeah. Say. Uh, I was just thinking about that segment because I've actually no, no, got that's a couple. So, so I kind of did this in my um my rolling team of the year where I picked out guys whose ADP was well outside anyone that you'd consider a starter and have actually come into starting value. So um like Trevor Lawrence, for example, has come into he started, I think it was about quarterback nineteen. He's in at quarterback ten at the moment. Um Dynasty value more so than redraft, but um, so he's one. Um, uh, look, a lot of the rookies I did, a lot of the guys I did were rookies. I think Ramondre and James Robinson, I think they're both, uh, if you can capitalize on that and get something good out of it, I would. Yeah, I was Um, gonna say James Robinson is a sell high for sure. So I think they're definitely working ETN in. He's getting more and more snaps each week. So there you go. A bit of a sell high there. We own both of them I, on the way. I'd wait, I'd wait a couple of weeks on Stevenson specifically because he's now going to be the lead back. I'd probably like wait it out, watch him have two really good games, hoping someone just sees the stats and then trades for him, not realizing that when Harris comes back, it's probably just another 50-50 split again. Yeah. Excellent call. Yeah, I agree with Taylor right there because, yeah, Stevenson really just came into that game last week against the Lions and made his day, made his mark on that rushing offense. So, yeah. I I traded for Stevenson in four different leagues uh, over the last two weeks. So, I'm not exactly (laughs) uh, hating uh, the situation for him right now. Yeah. I mean, Maddie just assigned you Stevenson. You know, that's yeah. just how good Dr. Goodcall <laughs> is. That Maddie knows that you really met Stevenson instead of freaking Damien Harris. So, yeah, there you go. Ramondre, 100%. Another one nailed there by Dr. Goodcall. Yeah. All right, well, that's the end of Dr. Goodcall for uh, week six. Let's see how it goes. It's a good yeah. call, Doctor. It's a good call. Thank you, Dr. Goodcall. We'll see him later. That's for sure. Prosecution calls their first witness. Do not panic just yet. Even I am guilty of panicking. I mean, what, are you going to detain the guy for just having a couple of bad days? I don't want people to follow me around at work and detain me whenever I have a bad day. 20 
bloody eighth, Your Honor. Sorry for the, the cursing in your old courtroom, sorry. I will allow it. <laughs>